Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Victory Baptist Church in Hope Mills, North Carolina. I pray that God uses this message to help you worship God, strengthen your relationship, and glorify Him. Without further ado, here is this week's message. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning recognizing that you are almighty, you are powerful, and you are wise. We come to you in this uncertain times recognizing that you are the Lord of the universe. And this morning, God, as we open up your word, we pray that you will open that up and and illuminate it for us. Show us your truth in your word, God. Help us to see you in that and help us to find hope in you, in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So if you are new to Victory, if this is your first time watching, then we typically like to walk through books of the Bible, taking them in and absorbing them in their entirety. Uh, Like I said earlier, we spent 18 months working through the book of Acts. But right now we're doing something a little bit different. We're looking at a group of books, a group of texts that were all written around the same time. We're looking at a group of books called the post-exilic texts. Uh, and so the series is called The Return from Exile. And this, the main idea for the whole series is depending on God. See, these texts come after the Jews are allowed to return to Judah. Um, and it explains their struggles along the way. See, the, the nation of Israel and, the nation, and the, the nation of Judah were sent into exile as discipline by God. And they were in exile for 70 years, and then God allowed them to return. And so when they return, these are the, the books that go along with that. Um, they're, they're going home to rebuild uh, the, the, the buildings there. Their first task is to rebuild the temple. Um, and then re- they're rebuilding their society there and their 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 identity as a people. Uh, This sermon series covers six books, um, and we're going to try to cover them in chronological order. Um, And in those, there are, that's uh, Ezra, Haggai, Zechariah, Esther, Nehemiah, and Malachi. There are three prophetic books and three historical books. So there's a lot of different type of literature that we're looking at in that. Um, Hopefully, it won't feel like it's too long of a series. Um, Throughout all these books, though, the Jews learn that everything they do They must do in faith and obedience to God. They must depend on God throughout this whole process. So the series is called Depending on God. As far as rebuilding the temple goes, that was their first task that they were supposed to do when they got back to Jerusalem. Um, They got off to a good start, um, but they hit some roadblocks along the way. And those roadblocks caused them to stop building for a time frame of 15 years. Now, God spoke to them through Haggai and Zechariah to get them started building again. And we are now five months after they uh, started building again and after they started rebuilding or restarted rebuilding the temple. Um, In their time frame, this was the middle of winter. Um, According to our calendar, it would be late January or early February. And Zechariah received a series of eight visions. He was woken up in the middle of the night and received eight visions. Those visions, though they each have their own specific point, they all deal with God preparing his people and his land for his presence. God was preparing the Jews and the land of Israel for Jesus' birth. But we also look at these visions with an application in preparing the church for Jesus' return. Now, immediately following those eight night visions, Zechariah gets a command from God. And that's what we're going to read today. This oracle actually serves as the climax to those eight night visions. So if you missed those sermons, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to the podcast. Um, And so this morning we are in Zechariah chapter 6 verses 9 through 15. And the title of this sermon is The Branches Crown. Uh, And the main idea is that it is um, God is uniting the priest and the king. 
And we see that kind of in three different areas here, or three different parts of this sermon. Um, and that's a crown for Joshua. And then there's a discussion about the branch. And then uh, they talk about finishing the temple. So we'll go ahead and get right into the text now. I say right into the text, even though we've been going for a little while, uh, 11 minutes already. Wow. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get into the text, starting in verse 9. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, take an offering from the exiles, from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon, and go that same day to the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Take silver and gold, make a crown, and place it on the head of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. So this starts off with a phrase, uh, the word of the Lord. So this is a common introduction or identifier as a prophetic oracle. A lot of the prophets would start their their message from God with these words. And this was the standard introductory formula for those Old Testament prophets. And it indicated that the words that they were about to say and weren't their own words. They were the words of God. And so God tells Zechariah to go and get an offering from the exiles. So we see a list of Jews that are returning from exile here. See, the Jews didn't all come back from exile at one time. They came back over many, many years in different ways as they came back. Um, so this group seems to be a new arrival from Babylon. Uh, the names listed may have been the leaders of that returning party or simply some wealthy folks that were with that party. But Zechariah is instructed to go to these specific people and take an offering of silver and gold from them. And what is he supposed to do with it? Well, God tells him, make a crown and place it on the head of Joshua, the high priest. So Joshua, we've already talked a good bit about Joshua in this series, but let's review. There are two main leaders in the first party that returned from exile. There was Zerubbabel and Joshua. Zerubbabel was the governor or the political leader, and Joshua was the high priest or the religious leader. Now, Zechariah is instructed to make a crown for the high priest. This practice seems a little odd. Typically, the priest didn't wear a crown. They did have a specific type of turban that they were supposed to wear, which is explained in Exodus 28, but it was not a crown. Excuse me. <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, the only person that would wear the crown was the king. Uh, the fact that God is instructing Zechariah to make a crown for the priest should cause us to take notice. We, uh, what are we supposed to notice? Well, we have to keep reading to find that out. So we pick up in verse 12. It says, You are to tell him, This is what the Lord of armies says. Here is a man whose name is Branch. He will branch out from this place and build the Lord's temple. Yes, he will build the Lord's temple. He will be clothed in splendor and sit on his throne and rule. There will also be a high priest. Sorry, there will also be a priest on his throne, and there will be peaceful counsel between the two of them. So he says there will be Branch. Or this man's name is Branch. So this is a reference back to the fourth night vision, which we read in Zechariah chapter three, verses one through eight. I won't go back and reread that whole thing right now, but I do want to summarize it for you. So Zechariah saw Joshua and Satan both standing before God, and God rebuked Satan and called Joshua a stick pulled from the fire. Joshua's clothes were filthy, so they removed them and gave him clean clothes and a clean turban. Then God tells Joshua, if you walk in my ways and keep my mandates, you will both rule my house and take care of my courts. Then God says he will bring his servant named Branch. So that vision shows God cleansing the prophetic line in preparation for his son, Jesus, who would perfect the office of the priest and fulfill its requirements. See, the priest is the mediator between God and man. People bring their sacrifices to the priest to offer to God so that they can offer restitution for their sins and worship God. This, is the, this has to be that way because our relationship with God is broken because of our sin. 
And because of our sin, we no longer have access to God. And so God placed the office of the priest to give some way for people to still have access to him. But see, Jesus, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. His sacrifice paid for all sin. Therefore, we don't constantly need to bring sacrifices to the priest for him or for the priest to sacrifice for us. Jesus was then raised from the dead and serves as our high priest, as mentioned in Hebrews 4. Uh, starting in verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. See, Joshua is meant to be a foreshadowing of Jesus's priesthood. Joshua is taken from Babylon. He's snatched from the fire and given clean clothes. This is an image of being made holy, just as Jesus was holy. And it says that Jack, uh, Zach, Joshua, sorry, it says that Joshua is going to build the Lord's temple. So Joshua is told that he will oversee the building of the temple. Earlier, we talked about the fourth vision, and now we need to reference the fifth night vision. This is the one with the the gold lampstand that's fueled by two olive trees. In that vision. Zerubbabel is promised that through his faith in God, he will oversee the successful completion of the temple. See, I don't think this is an, a contrast to that. As a matter of fact, it seems to go right along with it. In the golden lampstand vision, we are told that the two olive trees that fuel that lamp are Zerubbabel and Joshua. So they work together to complete this building project. That's sort of what God is saying at the end of verse 13. He says, there will be a priest on his throne, and there will be peaceful counsel between the two of them. What we see is that the office of the king and the priest will be brought together under one throne. See, Joshua is receiving the crown as a symbol of a future priest king, one person who will fulfill both roles. Now, that person is Jesus. We already talked about Jesus as the perfect high priest. But we also know that Jesus is going to return one day to finally and completely destroy his enemies. And on that day, he will establish his perfect kingdom with no sin, no death, and no disease. This is what we as Christians look forward to. That is, uh, that is who we place our faith in. It's Jesus, the perfect high priest and the perfect king. So let's finish out this text. It says, The crown will reside in the Lord's temple as a memorial to Heldai, Dobijah, Jediah, and Hen, son of Zephaniah. People who are far off will come and build the Lord's temple. And you will know that the Lord of armies has sent me to you. This will happen when you fully obey the Lord your God. So it says, People who are far off will come and build the Lord's temple. There are two different ways that this phrase could be understood. First, and initially, the Jews who were scattered all over the known world. See, when Israel and Judah fell, many Jews were killed, but many others were taken from their, home, their homeland and forced to live in different places throughout the empire. Then, during the 70 years of exile, they would continue to scatter and they would move to different places in the empire. But God is saying that he will bring the Jews back from all over the known world to build that temple, to rebuild his temple. Now, secondly, this refers to a time when people from all over the world will come to worship God as king. In Ephesians, Paul tells us that this theme, uh, Paul builds this theme that the church is God's temple. 
So people from all over the world will be included in the church and make up the body of the church. See, in the same way, Jesus commissions us, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that Jesus taught. When, uh, sorry, we are part of this oracle from God. We have come here through the priest king and have become part of the temple of God with the job of continuing to build the temple. So our application, let's get to our application. I always get my application from uh, my definition of a disciple. And that definition comes from Matthew 4, 19, where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And I break that into three areas as knowing, being, and doing. And the knowing is that the, the disciple has accepted salvation through Jesus and the lordship of Jesus. And that's where Jesus says, follow me. And then Jesus says, I will make. And so that's the being. We are being constantly remade and transformed through the Holy Spirit. And then the doing, this is where Jesus says that we will be fishing for people. Um, and so the disciple is doing the work of Jesus. So our no application is to know that Jesus is the priest king. See, this oracle points to a union of the two offices of the high priest and the king. Jesus perfectly fulfills these roles. He offered himself as the atonement for our sins. When we place our faith in him, our guilt is forgiven. And we play, and we are reconciled with our Heavenly Father. That relationship that was broken is uh, restored. Then he was resurrected in victory over sin and death. And he will come back to reign over his perfect kingdom. Those who have accepted his salvation will be residents in that perfect kingdom. The second application point is to be hopeful. In this day, there's a lot of fear. And much of it with good reason. And you are watching this video right now because we want to be cautious about the coronavirus pandemic. But we know that this is not the end. We can be hopeful because Jesus is coming back to defeat evil and establish his perfect eternal kingdom. And finally, the due application is to build the temple. You might still need to become part of the temple. So if so, simply call out to Jesus for salvation. Place your faith in his sacrifice and believe in his resurrection. Once you have done that, you need to become a member of a local body of believers. Right now, we're streaming this sermon, but this is not a permanent situation. We will, once again, have our regular worship service gathering. Because we read in the Bible that gathering together as a body of believers is not optional. When we are gathering together again, please come join us, not as visitors, but come join us as members. And um, finally, the building the temple might be, um, for those of you who are already disciples, we are called to go and make more disciples. Those of us who are already believers have the responsibility to preach the gospel and introduce others to Jesus so that they too can know salvation and become part of his temple. Let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, again, I thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom that is in your word, and we thank you for the truth that is in your word. Heavenly Father, God, we know that right now this, these are scary times, but our hope is in you, and our hope is in that you are going to return and establish your perfect kingdom. Help us to know that you are the priest king, that you perfectly fulfill both of those roles, and help us to build the temple, whether that is to join in salvation or whether it is to preach the gospel to others. God, I, help, I pray that you will help us to be obedient to that call. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more information about our church, please visit VictoryBaptistHopeMills.com or Facebook.com slash VBC Hope Mills. 
I would also like to ask that you rate and review this podcast. And if you found this sermon helpful, please share it.